Hey everyone, before you dive into this week's teaching from Pastor Chris, we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening. If you find this podcast to be encouraging or helpful in growing deeper in your faith, would you take a few seconds and share it with someone? They too could be needing the very same thing that you received. Again, thanks for listening and we pray that you have a wonderful day. I want to ask you a question real quick. As we jump in, if you had one word, it would be a goal or, or something to achieve in life. What would that one word, what, what would you choose to be that one word for you? Just one word, one word that you would do everything you can, that you would want and desire for it to represent your character, maybe your nature, everything that would summarize for what you stand for in life. What would that one word be? There was a recent survey, a a study done of people both in and outside of the church, and they were asked this very same question, and, and the top three common answers that came out from this survey, the first of which, and these are all really good things, the first of which are the word that people says they want to be successful. And I, and I like this. I like this. I, I, I think God wants us to be successful. God makes successful people. God creates successful people and gives them opportunities. And I, and I hope and pray that you find success in life. The second word would be influential. And this is a good word. This is another good word. And, and, and for us as Christians, this is a good word because as Jesus calls us, we're to be salt and light in the world, to, to push back darkness, to, to change things, that, that we are called as ambassadors to make a difference in this life for the kingdom of God. The third word was happy. I think each and every one of us deep down inside, we can really resonate with this word, Right? Another term might be used here would be a blessed or a fulfilled life. But even as good as these three words are, there is what I believe one word that that in God's eyes should stand above all of the rest. So that when we get to heaven and if we live a life that pleases God, he won't say to us when we meet him face to face, Well done, my good and successful servant. He won't say that. He won't say, well done, my good and influential servant. He's not going to say, well done, my good and happy servant. What he will say to us, Jesus will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that there is one word that would stand above every other word, I believe, that we should strive to be faithful. That we should be the faithful of Christ. Turn the person next to you and say, you're looking faithful today. Looking faithful. Yeah, there we go. That's right. I like it. I like it. If, if you were to write something down this morning, I want you to write down this morning of, of one word that will change your life. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. God, we pray for those who aren't able to be with us, those who are joining us online. Jesus, I pray that you would touch their hearts right now wherever they are. 
God, whatever they're walking through in life right now, Jesus, you are right there beside them. They are not alone in what they are going through. And Jesus, I pray for us who are here present in person, Jesus, that your word would speak over our lives today, that we would, you, you, you have something specific for us, Jesus. And so I pray that you would reveal that to us and that we would not leave here the same as when we walked in those doors this morning, Jesus. Transform our hearts, transform our lives, make us into who you want us to be today, Jesus. We thank you for your love. Amen. Today, we're going to be talking about this idea of being faithful. And if you've been with us, we've been in this series, Predecided, and and we've been talking about our decisions and how the quality of our decisions determines our quality of life. But the reality is, we're not all really good decision makers. Sometimes we get it right, and that's awesome, and we're like, thank you, Jesus, I made it. And sometimes we royally mess up. And we say, thank you, Jesus, you're here with us, thank you for your grace, right? And we've we've had kind of this saying that we've been talking about, that, that when faced with a particular situation, that we are, by the help of God, with the direction of Scripture, pre-deciding what we are going to do in that situation. We're not going to let emotions drive us. We're not going to get caught off guard. We're not going to play catch up. We're not going to be be trying to figure things out on the fly, but we are pre-deciding that we are going to take a particular action when faced in a certain situation. There's, a, there's six specific things we've been talking about. And a couple weeks ago, we handed out these stickers for you guys to, to take, to place different. We got a bunch of them in the back still. If you want a second one, please, second, third, please take those. You are welcome to those. Put them everywhere. Put it on a water bottle. Put it in your mirror. Put it in your car. I don't know. Where, put it on your computer. Where, wherever you see this to remember, we've been talking about these six topics. And the first of which was ready. Say, I am ready. There we go. We talked about this, that, 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 that the enemy is out there scheming, trying to get us off our game, but we have to pre-decide to be ready. We have to pre-decide to be consistent. Say, I am consistent. Let's go. Where are you waking up? All right, now you're getting the flow. Say it with me. I am devoted. I am generous. I am faithful. And next week, Pastor Lauren's going to wrap us up with, I am a finisher. Now, today we are specifically talking about being faithful. And that the reason that we are pre deciding to be faithful is that you never accidentally, by happenstance, just fall into being a person who is consistently faithful. I'm talking about a day in, a day out, a week in, a week out, a month in, a month out, a year in, a year out, a decade in, a decade out type of faithfulness. That we will constantly be faithful, but that doesn't come without intentionality. See, the reason I think that we, we find this really difficult Let's call it what it is. Can can we be honest this morning? Is that the trajectory of our life, we like to follow the easy path. Right? We like to to follow that path of least resistance. Whatever's convenient. And being faithful, like especially faithful to God, is rarely easy. It's often hard. 
It comes with a cost. But I want to tell you today that it is always, always, always worth it. I love these words from the Old Testament um, prophet Habakkuk. In, four two, in Habakkuk 4.2, he says this. He says, look at the proud. They trust in themselves. Anybody know someone proud in your life? Don't, don't point at them. Don't make eye contact. Don't elbow them. Keep, keep, keep focus forward. We want to leave friends today, okay? But everybody knows somebody who's proud, right? They trust in their own wisdom. They have all the knowledge, right? They got it all figured out. They have the righteousness. They have the goodness. They got the bank account. They have the abilities. They have themselves. But what does scripture tell us? They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous, righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Say that together. The faithfulness to God. Unfortunately, I'm usually in the earlier crowd and I find myself proud at times. I, 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 I often think that I can do it on my own. I think that I have it figured out. I think that I'm sufficient enough, that I'm good enough, that, that I can do it all by myself. But if the scripture is true, we believe it to be true, that being proud is not good. But that we have to be intentional to press into the righteousness of God and to live in his faithfulness. Now, this, this raises a question for us. What does it mean to be faithful? What, is it, what does it truly mean to be faithful? How do we practically live that out? If you would have asked me probably before this week or the week before working on the sermon, I probably would have said that I would not cheat on my spouse, wouldn't cheat on my taxes, that I would be, be honest, I'd try to be a good person. And, and, and I think all of that is true. Yes, that is faithfulness. But when we look at who Jesus is, he's really intentional on how he shows faithfulness. And if you were to do a study on the life of Jesus, the moments of where he shows faithfulness, there's really three big categories that come out of looking at his life. The first of which we would see how Jesus treats people. You would see how Jesus talks about stewarding resources and you would look to see how that you respond to God. And we look at Jesus' faithfulness, it boils down to three categories. Relationships, taking care of what has been given, and how we respond to God. See, when you look at these ways that Jesus says, this is how you are faithful we as Christ followers, following in the footsteps of Jesus, in his example, we have to predecide three things. That we are going to predecide in faithfulness that every interaction is an opportunity to add value. We're going to predecide that we're going to be faithful in relationships. We're going to talk about 
every resource is an opportunity to multiply. That because Jesus designed faithfulness is how we steward what he trusts to us. And that every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. Because every time Jesus talks about faithfulness, he talked about how you treat people, how you steward resources, and how you respond to God. Let's dive into this first one. Every interaction is an opportunity to add value. If we are going to be faithful, we're going to have to pre-decide that every interaction with every person that we have is an opportunity to add value. So what, what, what does this mean? How, how do we see this played out? I think for you, whoever you come in contact with, every person you meet, everyone that you see is an opportunity to bless, to encourage, to be generous with, to add value to their life. And we are going to pre-decide that every person is an opportunity for us to show love of God in a way that brings value and blessing to their life. And see, the reason is it isn't because we're focused on ourselves, because we are, right? We all are focused on ourselves. You and I both, and I can prove it, right? If there's a picture of eight people, you're in a group photo, you see that group photo, who are you looking at first? Yourself right? You're looking at that photo. You're looking at yourself and you're going, okay, how do I look? Is it it good? Is it bad? Is it not good? Because the reality is that you are looking at yourself. If you're blinking in it, you're thinking, oh my gosh, how embarrassing. That is completely unpostable. And anybody who does post that does not love you. Like that, that, really, right? Like you're thinking there's no way that this can be shared. We have to immediately delete. I don't want anybody to see this. You look at you first. We all do it. And so how does that translate into adding value to people? When you interact with them, when you talk with them, what are you usually thinking? Do they like me? Is what I'm saying interesting? Did what I say just make sense? Oh no, what did I just say? I can't believe I just said that. How do I end this conversation and walk away immediately? I am so embarrassed, right? That's what's going through our mind. Each and every one of us, we're thinking, how can this be happening? And you walk away and you think about that conversation. You go, okay, I shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have said that differently. Oh man, I wish I could go back and take that back. And oh, uh, just all this stuff. But what if instead of saying, will they like me? Am I saying the right things? What if, because the reality is that Jesus lives in you and you have predecided ahead of time that every moment you have interacted with others is not focused on yourself, but that you are in this moment going to add value to others' life, that I am going to bless others with everything that I do, and I am going to focus on them. This is faithfulness. Ephesians 4, chapter 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your nouns, but only for what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. 
I love this. This is so good. To be faithful to God means that you are going to add value to others. That when you walk into a room, you are a climate change. Because when you walk into the room, if we believe what Scripture says, that the Holy Spirit is on us, that we are ambassadors of Christ, we are different than the world, right? That when we walk into a room, we bring Jesus with us. And because we bring Jesus with us, the room is different, right? So that wherever you go, whether you're in the grocery store, you're at school, you're at work, you're picking your kids up, you're at a soccer game, you're out running errands, wherever you, you're at the gym, I don't know, where, wherever you are at, you are bringing Jesus with you. This isn't a, you come into church, you sit down, hey Jesus, what's up, how's it going, I'll see you in six days, peace out. But that we take Jesus with us, that you are an encourager, you are a blessing, you tell the truth, even though it may hurt, but with love, cover it in love, okay? But you are, that, 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 um, when you walk away, because of you living intentional, they are different. That they are not the same. Why? Because they just had a spiritual encounter with the living God. They may have no clue what's happening. (laughs) But you and I do, right? That they are not the same because in being faithful, you bring and you add value to people's lives. When you look at Jesus and how he treated people, the words in which Jesus said were incredible. When the, when the disciples got worried, what did Jesus say? Oh, you guys are the worst. I can't believe it. How are you worrying? You know, this, this world, oh, have you seen society today? It's going to hell in a handbasket. You, you see who's in politics, left side, right side of the aisle. I don't care. It's just all going into the, down the drain. It's just all into the pooper. It just, oh, that's it. Might as well give up. No. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, don't worry. God's got you. He loves you. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear or what tomorrow brings. God loves the birdies and they're taken care of. How much more does he love you? Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. And when you do that, everything else is going to be taken care of, right? What did Jesus say to the the woman who was caught in adultery? This pretty intense moment in scripture. These these righteous people are ready to just stone her because she has sinned very publicly. And Jesus walks in and he he puts something in, he draws something or writes something in the sand. We don't fully know what it is. But But then he says, who... Who's without any sin? Go for it. Crowd disperses. Jesus turns to the woman and says, where are your accusers? She goes, they're gone. 
So Jesus says to her, go, sin no more. Live in God's grace and his mercy. Live the life that you know you should be living. He forgives. When Peter decided to deny Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times, what did Jesus say? Peter, you're canceled. Get out of here. Can't trust you anymore. No, what do you say? He says, Peter, do you, do you still love me, dude? He goes, yeah. And Jesus says, okay. Go take care of my people. Love them. Serve them. Jesus himself specifically tells us, he said, I came to show the love of my father and I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And that when, when Jesus left, he sent the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to see somebody even greater. He, and even a, a covering, a leader, a, 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 a perfect comforter to be with us as we take these steps every single day in life. What a blessing. What a blessing. Every interaction with anybody is an opportunity to show the love of God, to build them up, to show them grace, to pour blessing upon them. You have no idea how God might use a single word of encouragement to change someone's life. This is faithfulness to God. I'll tell you a story that's really important to my life kind of the reason I'm even in this place here today. Um, out of college, um, Lauren and I, we, my wife and I got married in college, we graduated, and I had an opportunity to take a job, one of the few jobs in about the 08 downturn that pr- churches were even hiring. Most of my friends who graduated from school with a pastoral degree just went off into the world to try to start paying for student debt. They didn't get an opportunity. And I was fortunate enough to get hired on staff at a church and uh, we moved there and got settled in. And um, a couple weeks into me being a part of the team on staff there, I was leading worship and I was assistant pastor. Um, we started having some conflict. Started having some, some issues where I, I wasn't necessarily performing at the, the level that the pastor wanted. We were, there, were, there was a lot of, of, of confusion and, and missed communication with each other. And after eight weeks of being in my first pastoral job, after spending four years studying and, and writing papers and reading books and doing everything I had, God had called me to this place in this moment, the pastor meets me and says, hey, it's just not going to work out. We're going to move on. And here I am with my wife, thousands of miles away from family. I have a year-long lease on a house. And I have to go home and tell my wife I'm no longer employed by this church. And through a crazy, crazy series of events from a pastor who knew a pastor who knew a pastor who knew a pastor, I get a random phone call one day. This is like just a couple days after this had happened. And for whatever reason, I answer it. And I said, hello? And I hear a voice on the other end. He goes, hey, this is Pastor John. You don't know who I am, but I heard about your story. Can I buy you a cup of coffee? I'm like, I'm freshly unemployed. Nothing else to do. I'd like a free cup of coffee because I can't afford one right now. 
So I go and I sit down with this guy and he begins to tell me the story of his dad who had been in a church for a really, really, really long time and the church one day decided they didn't want him as their pastor anymore and they kicked him out of the church. He goes, I know your story isn't the same. He goes, but I saw what happened to my dad and I saw another local pastor come alongside my dad and said, hey, just come sit in church. And I remember the coffee shop. I remember the conversation. I remember the pastor sitting there across the table from me. And he told me, he goes, you are called to be a pastor. God has placed that on you. And you are too important to be put on the bench right now. You need to stay faithful to God's calling. I was ready to walk away. I I was so angry with God. (laughs) I was like, how could you take me to this place? I had all the conversations with God. And he says, I'm starting a church. I'm not asking you to do anything. He goes, you and Lauren, just come and sit. So we went and we sat. A couple weeks later, he needed some help with stacking chairs. I was like, I can stack chairs. I got a four-year ministry degree. You betcha I can stack chairs. (laughs) A-plus in that class. <laughs> so it started with stacking chairs. And it started going to a small group. It started helping with a small group. And then it started helping with some of the teams. It started doing this thing and that thing. And pretty soon I found myself basically on staff working with this pastor pro bono just being back, falling in love again with the church. You will never know what an opportunity to add value to someone's life may turn into. And one of the great ways to be faithful to God is to be a blessing to others. And that pastor that day and that season of life even to this day, is an incredible blessing to me and my wife. You may even have a divine appointment on your calendar right now that you don't even know about. But God does. And the question for us will be, will we pre-decide that every opportunity and every interaction is an opportunity, a moment to share love to other people and to be a blessing. The second thing we see from Jesus is that every resource is an opportunity to multiply. Jesus in Matthew 25 tells this parable of a man, a rich man, who went on a journey and he trusted his wealth to his servants. He handed out bags of gold. To the first guy, he got five bags of gold. To the second guy, he got two bags of gold. And then to the third guy, he was given one bag of gold. And the first two people, the five and the three bag bros, went out and they risked their gold. They risked their investment and they multiplied it. They multiplied it. They they were able to add more to it. And it says in Matthew 25, 21, he says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with the few things. 
I will put you in charge of many things. They're saying, you multiplied what I gave you, and in the kingdom of God, that is faithfulness. The Greek word here for faithfulness is actually pistos. And the definition here I want us to see is, is a person who shows themselves faithful in the transaction of business, the execution of commands, or the discharge of official duties. One of the ways that you can be faithful to God is caring for what God gives to you. God gives you an ugly yard, you make that grass green, right? You make that yard better. That is faithfulness. God blesses you with a clunker of a car. You betcha you have the cleanest clunker on the road today. If God gives you a body, you take care of that body and you steward it. If you are in business, and I I, I have this conversation all the time. I feel like sometimes in business, maybe you own your business or you're, you're high up in a business or you just work for a business. Sometimes those people, because they're in the, in, the, in the world of making money, making profit, sometimes they get viewed or they think of themselves as second-class Christians. That, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not a pastor. I'm not really, like, working for a nonprofit. Like, I'm not in the, in the world to just, like, give things away that, that I am less than. Let me tell you this. You being faithful... In your business, your job, your work, whatever you put your hands to, you being faithful in that is an incredible, incredible witness to God. Because the world's what? Trying to cut corners. World's trying to get ahead. World's clamoring, climbing over people, pushing them down just to elevate themselves. But for you to say, I'm going to have 100% ethical behavior in my job, that is a witness to Jesus. That you're going to treat your coworkers with kindness. That you're going to maybe treat those that you're a supervisor over. You're going to care for them and how you lead them. That is an example. That the life that you live, the, the, the way that you conduct your business is a massive, massive opportunity to show Christ to those around you. And that just because you're not one of the pastors... It doesn't mean you're less than. We're all called to be witnesses. We're all called to be ambassadors. Your workplace may just look a little different. And that's okay because God has called you there for a purpose and for a reason. And a lot of that is to be faithful. And then there was the guy with the one bag. The five, the three, the one. He was afraid. I've been that guy. I feel him. I've been anxious. I've been worried. I've, I, I've tried to be careful not to make a mistake. But what does the master say to him? He says, so I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. So here is what belongs to you. I, I was scared. I was nervous. I, I, I didn't want to lose any of it. 
I didn't want somebody to steal it. I, I, I wanted to, to make sure it was still good. You, you trusted a lot with me, boss. So here you go. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Oof. Here is what I want you to, to see and to feel in this. The one who multiplied, the master said, you are faithful. But the one who buried it, he wasn't just lazy. He wasn't just, hey, boss, it was a busy week. I had all this other paperwork I had to do. Like stuff happened with the family. Like, yeah, he's, he says he's wicked. If we're going to choose to be faithful, Every interaction is an opportunity to add value. Every resource is an opportunity to multiply. And every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. I love this this part in Acts where Paul is really happy with where he's at in Ephesus. He's like locked in with the church. He's doing great. He's like, this is all set. We're we're, We're golden. But he has this emotional farewell. He says, now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. This word compelled means that it's kind of like wrapped up or like bound by a rope and kind of pulled in this direction that you can't resist. That, That the Spirit says, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. It's one of those opportunities where you can't explain it, you don't understand it, you don't know the details, but you know as God, you are being drawn in that place. And when you follow Jesus, he will prompt you. He will compel you. And faithfulness is responding when you don't know what will happen. Sometimes we know, sometimes we don't. That job with that church or that pastor, I had to, to, God actually eight months later asked me to just completely resign from the job without having the next job lined up. And I didn't understand, Lauren, and I didn't get it, but we felt like we had to just kind of let go before God would add the next thing. And after we did through a series of crazy events, I get an opportunity for another job in another church, and, and, and God takes care of that next step. So good. Other times where God's asked me to step out and to do something, even this last week, I stepped out and did something. I felt like God was saying, and then it just kind of went... Nothing happened. I was like, uh, okay. Really thought I was, I was yeah, okay. But the reality is that obedience is our responsibility, but the outcome is God's. Our job is to be responsible. And when he leaves, we say yes and take a step forward, even if it doesn't make sense. Habakkuk 4.2, we started with this. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. I haven't always gotten it right. Because I'm up here doesn't mean I've always gotten it right. But I've tried everything I can to be faithful in the small things. Because when you're faithful in the small things, there's this incredible spiritual compounding interest, return on investment that God builds up 
And, and I've seen it in faithful people in the church for generations. I said, how did, how did you get there? He was just like, every moment of faithfulness. It's just like, like grains of sand. It's just being thrown onto the beach. And all of a sudden you look down and it's just a shoreline of just sand upon sand upon sand. And I think we will, we will vastly overestimate what we can get done in a season. Well, thank God, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix my marriage. I'm going to fix my finances. God, 2024, like this is the year it's going to be done. But I think we will also underestimate the faithfulness of God in a lifetime. That we will underestimate what God can do when we are faithful in little things time after time after time again. Every interaction is an opportunity to add value with relationships and people. Every resource is an opportunity to multiply. How do we steward with what God has blessed us with? And every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. Just do it. Obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's. We just have to be faithful. That's your life, (laughs) to be faithful to God. Pray with me. Jesus, we thank you for this morning. God, we are so grateful for your faithfulness, where you, since the beginning of time and the the broken relationship in the garden, God, you started the world on a path towards redemption and that even in the midst of that, when all hope seems lost, you, God, were still working a plan to make the world right once again. And when you sent Jesus, you fixed the biggest problem that we had in our life and you took care of us and you reached down and you said, I love you. It's going to be okay. Jesus, we're so grateful that you are so faithful to us. God, may we in return be faithful in the little things so that we may then have opportunities to be faithful in the big things when the time comes, when you prompt us to step out. God, as, as we look forward to this next week for the divine appointments you have on our calendar already, God, may we be obedient even if we don't know the outcome. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We love you. We worship you today. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you would, please take a moment to subscribe and leave an encouraging review to help others find our podcast on whatever platform you are listening on. We hope you have a wonderful day. We'll catch you next week.